When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job, sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at grammarly.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Kingdom Says Podcast. We are back at the beginning of free agency here. I am your host as always, Garrett Williams, at Garrett720 on Twitter. And joining me as always, my wonderful, wonderful co-host, Kyle Henning, at KDen16. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, up and down roller coaster, I think, like the rest of the Chiefs Kingdom over the last couple days with uh, the different emotions. Wichita State hurt me last night, so that didn't feel very good. Yeah, um, I feel for you on that one. At uh, 11 missed free throws and just literally picking that game to play the worst game a couple of them have probably ever played in their lives hurts a lot. And I know they are not happy with how it worked out, but they weren't supposed to be there. So getting over that, getting through all of those things, uh, the Chiefs free agency has been good. And yeah, well, we'll there's see. been a lot, a lot of that little, eh, well, what's going on? So, here? but I'm excited about today because today's episode, we've got a, we've got a guest I've been waiting to get on for a little while now. I'm excited. So, yeah. So join us today to talk to us about all the Chiefs news that's been going on and just NFL news in general, because it's been a pretty interesting start to free agency here. We've got the host of the almost entirely sports radio station on Sports Radio 810. You can find him at Arrowhead Report and the Times Hours podcast over at The Athletic, Joshua Briscoe. Josh, how are you doing today? I am doing, I'm going to say I'm doing well, because that's true. I am healthy. I am not well rested. That would have been a lie. But I'm, I'm having a pretty good time, and I'm a little stressed out. So I'm, I would say that I am at my general average state, which is pretty tired, a little worried about the Chiefs, and uh, also, we just got a little like a little March Madness going on on the TV to my left, so that's exciting too. Yeah, it sounds about right for uh, the middle of March here to be have yeah. all those kind of feelings of you know it's craziness, tiredness. It's just waiting to get to the draft. Um, so yeah, let's just hop right into it here. Chiefs have made a couple moves so far in free agency. Obviously, we'll kick it off with the big one. And Josh, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Joe Thune signs for five years, $80 million, um, and they bring him in to presumably play guard. Maybe they play him somewhere else. But uh, what do you think of the signing, and, and what do you think of Thune as a player? The first thing I have to do, because it's been absolutely beaten in me these last couple of days, is that I have to change your Joe Thune. 
because yeah. that's how it's pronounced that's which fair. i didn't i did not know as until soon as, you I, became as, soon as a chief. i said it i realized like oh you if, know what that's not i will i will screw it up over the course yeah, of this i'm gonna show, screw no it up a lot for sure um but I'm, I'm gonna do that as a psa for everybody because uh it also if i read it, it's like i don't know you guys were uh were kicking around wichita states if i don't know if either of you guys follow KU particularly closely but they have christian brown whose name is spelled brawn if i am oh. thinking about him i'll say christian brown but if i'm reading his name i'll say brawn every right. time same for toonie thuny yeah. but um i will tell you that i was surprised that that was the first move that they made and i I'll, I'll give you kind of the the thing I keep circling back on over and over, and and um, I, I have not been knocked off this spot at any point since the move happened. I'm lukewarm on the Toonie signing, but it's not an indictment on him. I'm lukewarm about the move in the absence of the other moves that I've been rooting for or expecting. Not that like, not even that, that Trent Williams would have been an absolute sure thing still three years into the future, whenever he's in his mid to late thirties and all of that, like there, there were, there were reasons that maybe Trent Williams for all the money he ended up getting wouldn't have been a good fit. That's fine. But as we sit here right now, the chiefs do not have a center right now. It looks like it's probably going to be Austin Ryder eventually coming back, but that's up in the air right now. And, and Nate Taylor said on times ours, uh, it's literally 50, 50. Trent Williams goes back to San Francisco. They do not have a left tackle on the roster right now. Not a legitimate one, at least. So I I understand why they went and got Joe Tooney because he was one of three legit blue chip free agent offensive linemen. And you want to have a blue chip offensive lineman in front of Patrick Mahomes in one way or another. The thing that I've been saying to just own my wrongness for, for weeks is that if I'm going to spend... Uh, a significant amount of money on an offensive lineman. I'm going to do it for a center or for a tackle. And they obviously did it for a guard. The spot where they have the most depth, they've added that with Kyle Long, which I think is a nice signing, especially for a million and a half bucks. Absolutely. But they have the more depth at guard. They spent more at guard. They did not end up spending at tackle or center. So I'm a little bit just sort of confused about the overall rebuild strategy, but it's also me grading an incomplete test, right? Like, and also to just go back to Times Artist because we just did it like an hour ago. Seth said, hey, if if you get to the end of a test and you run out of time and it's still incomplete, well, now you've got a failing grade. And so I, I the the test is not over, but I'm a little bit I'm a little bit confused about the overarching thing, even though I think Tooney is going to be a, a really nice piece on this offensive line. He'll probably benefit whoever the left tackle and whoever the center are. He'll make them better but it makes me a little bit worried that I don't know who those people are going to be yet. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I listen to a fair amount of Josh talk. Uh, and if you don't, and you follow the chiefs and you're listening to this podcast and you don't know where to find his stuff, I, a, I don't know what you're doing because he works Ow. with all kinds of stuff involving the chiefs. He's all over it. <laughs> literally um, everywhere. Literally everywhere. Literally. Yeah. Garrett didn't even give you, give out his personal handle earlier. Cause he's got too many other handles There's to give so out, but his personal handle is JB Briscoe. I'm no thinking e. about just getting that. I'm thinking about getting my Twitter handle tattooed Not on my bad. neck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just going to make up. it just, yeah. I, I, Cause I think ideally, I guess I could do it like over like an eyebrow, like a, like a post, or like Malone, a post Malone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a post Malone, like under eye thing or whatever, just so it's just so it's obvious to everybody. But uh, so when you started your, um, the free agency and kind of how you were talking about it. And, and especially with that point where you've not been pushed off your spot. I, I at first was like, no, how can you feel that way? But the more and more and more I've watched and the more I've listened and the more I've watched what's going on in free agency, it's like, yeah. okay, I was okay with the Toonie signing originally because 
they were still going to go have room to get Trent Williams. Well, yeah. that didn't happen. And then this left tackle goes elsewhere, and then that left tackle goes elsewhere. Well, my only thought process, and maybe the thing we've been over, we've been missing, is when Veach watched that Super Bowl and he was really upset with the offensive line. We all thought it was about the tackles. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah. His frustration because he's been tagging it up all season has been about the interior play because for the most part, even with the backup tackles that we had, the tackle position was largely okay. They were getting whooped inside at at least one guard position every time they snapped a ball, if not both. And that's not necessarily an indictment. That's just when you're down to guard six. That's what right. happens. Well, and so that's the thing about that that's funny to me that I, I think I tweeted out at some point. And I don't know. But um, the, the Chiefs' two best guards in that game were playing tackle. Like mm-hmm, Andrew yeah. Wiley and Mike Rimmers were their top two guards among the guys that were playing at that point. Um, but they got kicked out of the tackle spots, which is another thing where, like, getting Rimmers back, it seems like he's going to compete with Niang. I'm totally fine with that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I think a LDT long and a, a Niang Rimmers competition on the right side is going to produce two good starters and two great backups. Totally fine with that. Guys get hurt, get it. Fine. But even in that instance, like they brought back Andrew Wiley. They did bring back Mike Rimmers. So as long as those guys don't get forced into tackle play again, I would I would feel better about them kicking back into the guards. That's how I, I agree with, with what you just laid out there while also wondering why why would that 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 absolute disaster situation of the Super Bowl apply to how you're planning through this offseason? Because it, I I think think it's pretty easy to envision a world in which you've got these four or five guards that you really feel pretty good about and now you still have nobody that you've like literally nobody at left tackle right now and nobody at center right now the fact that that's not the overwhelming concern is sort of sort of wild to me the one thing i will say about that though and also you mentioning that you know you've also gotten maybe you've cooled off a little bit because you know they, they had the money to go sign trent williams and then didn't the fact that they were there until, uh, I mean, from every report that I've seen publicly and from every single thing that I've heard privately, they were really in it for Trent Williams. They were really in it. The fact that they are pushing that hard for the best available left tackle in football, if not just the best left tackle in football, makes me think that they understand they need to do something there. But then Riley Reeve signs with the with the Bengals. And, and like, I mean, Alejandro Villanueva and Russell Okunga both back out there. They both have their own questions. So I... I honestly don't know what the plan is. I mean, that's just sort of the thing is right now. I, I really don't know what the plan is and that makes me nervous. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you guys all hit, hit every point on the head there. I will just say on the Thuny on the Thuny sounding. Sorry. There I, you go. I literally just your looked over, saw Thuny and, and said, yep. yeah, that's Thuny, but nope, it's Thuny. But on the Thuny sounding. I think I have my note. I have my notepad that I'm just constantly writing on during almost entirely sports yeah i i literally wrote it yeah, down it phonetically be, i just have to put toonie on everything and just yeah accept, i wrote it, I wrote, I wrote it phonetically but I'm, yeah on the toonie signing though just i think the fact that he is such a, a great player and can help out the guys around him is a big factor so it's not like it's a, a total loss on the pick or on the signing rather but i do think their plan was to to get a big name like Trent Williams, obviously. And, you know, once that didn't happen, it doesn't seem like they have much of a fallback, fallback plan, but also I guess yeah. we're kind of still early into it. So, yeah, 
anyways, a couple other signings that uh, that happened for the Chiefs. Taco Charlton being one of them, bringing back uh, on a one-year deal. Uh, what do you guys think of him? I know we have spoken very highly of him as uh, a solid edge rusher. He, he played very solidly last year before he got injured, and you know maybe we're, we're not looking to make him the number two edge rusher, or the number two, you know, a starting D end up across from. Uh, Frank Clark, but you know I think he he ha- brings a lot of juice and a lot of uh, dynamic you know uh, pass rush moves and just you know a lot of energy to to the D line. Yeah, I think I think for for the Taco resigning and and then also you have Mike Dana in the rotation also. So the Chiefs only like top like they're, they're only uh, edge rushers right now with NFL snaps are all Michigan guys, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, all, all three of those are the, the two guys behind Frank Clark and now including taco i'm super comfortable with them in that role of like your three four or four five guys um that the the depth that could step in there if they are able to stay healthy dana had some nice reps taco really did look good as he was kind of getting back from the fold i I like the the brett veach uh model of i'm gonna go get guys that were highly drafted high ceilings lots of talent didn't work out somewhere for whatever reason i love that strategy and i think it was working out well with taco um over the course of of last year before he got hurt like you said i also feel like one of the biggest most obvious gaps on this roster right now is in that second edge spot which is only highlighted by the fact that that like we're all we're all friends here right Frank Clark's been a little underwhelming, especially last year. We can say that he's not. He, is he in the yeah. call? If he's in the call, you we've, legally have to tell him. Otherwise, it's on here. We said it before on here. He hasn't listened yet, but if he ever does, we're all in trouble. Okay, there's yeah, a lot of like, people who are in trouble. Not all, friend. Yeah. Uh, are you Kyle. are you not in trouble? All right. I, I like I like Frank Clark. He also is making a ton of money, and they gave up a bunch of draft picks for him. Like that puts a, a real microscope put put you under a microscope. But also, similarly, Chris Jones is under. He's just performing better at it. But anyway, regardless yeah. of Frank Clark, he's definitely de one on this roster by a hundred thousand miles. I, I think Taco as a three is is perfectly fine as long as you have another four that you can rotate in there. They're going to keep adding edges. I thought they were going to fill out their offensive line with mostly veterans and then draft an edge in the first round. I'm sort of second guessing that now, but I, I would bet I'd bet cash money. They end up drafting an edge in the first three rounds, especially after not picking one up other than taco throughout free agency so far. Yeah. Uh, the only reason and now I will grant everybody on the Frank Clark thing. I've said this before on here, but, and I will say it again. I understand the money. I understand that it's more than what people would like to pay and what they gave up to get him. I would also tell you that I've said this before, known commodities versus drafted commodities are much different in value and a much different thing. If you don't have him, a lot of the things that have been shored up in certain areas that Chiefs fan base through an absolute temper tantrum about in 2018 still exist. Mm. For example, the ball getting run down our throat for literally every second of every down to the outside and not specifically up the middle, especially to that his side of the football field, would still be happening on a routine basis because we saw it. So I get those things. I also know what he deals with pretty much from what he's described from a health basis because I have a very, 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 very – if. I, I would love to ask him personally because I have a very similar condition that I've dealt with for the last nine years and his way of describing it and when it started and all the stuff that he goes through, the fact that that man gets up and goes to practice or goes up and does anything on a professional football field dealing with what he deals with. Mm. Look, man, I'm not a pro athlete. I get it. But getting out of bed is difficult on certain days when he deals with what he deals with. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Mm-hmm. So I have a little more leeway with him on that. But I also know, understand like I watched a lot of him because of how much hate he's got. And he does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. A lot of things. So 
there's bonuses to it. Do I think necessarily the 20 something million dollar cap hit is fantastic? No. Right. But am I okay with what we what we gave up, what we got, and what we got out of it, which is a Super Bowl, a return trip, and he's still a very solid player and a very a top. If you don't want to give him, I know he's not top five defensive end. I know he's probably not even top ten defensive end, but he's at least in the top half of the league as far as starting defensive ends. Yeah, exactly. And that's why like I'm fine with having him on the roster. I mean, the cap hit is kind of tough but i just really really like to get a guy to compliment him on the other side and you know i was kind of in also on the idea of uh drafting an edge in round one but you know who who really knows what the chief's plans are at this point in the draft um quickly hit it here on a couple other re-signings blake bell coming back from the cowboys the the bell dozer i was kind of mm-hmm. psyched on this one um it's kind of just like a Dion yelder nick kaiser replacement he's not really going to be it unless i mean kyle do you think he's going to be a true tight end two for us again no i don't i actually think he's more of sherman's replacement i think they're going to use him at fullback more and they're going to use him on all of the special teams more and i think you're going to see him occasionally at that t3 spot slash hybrid fullback spot i don't think he's your t2 i really don't I'll be interested to see. I, I think it, I would probably split the difference there a little bit to say that he's he's got some Ben Neiman in him uh, where you you have a role that you're comfortable with him being. That's a lot of special team stuff. And then being, in his case, tight end, Blake Bell is your tight end three. Lovely. No one's mad about that. Ben Neiman is your fourth, you know, kind of outside linebacker. You, you, Mm-hmm. positions have largely died at linebacker positions, yeah, but essentially kind linebacker. of your fourth linebacker or maybe fifth, perfectly fine. If Blake Bell is actually catching passes for you, that's not great. If Ben Neiman's actually on the field for a large majority of the time, that's not great. Um, but I, I think that the, the reason that Bell coming back makes sense, I think if they bring back Nick Kaiser, by the way, there was a report they had an offer out and then they signed Bell. I haven't heard anything since then. If they bring back Nick Kaiser, I do think they're going to say that Bell's the tight end too. If they don't, I think Bell ends up being the guy that that keeps you from having having to draft a tight end. Maybe maybe he's even kind of comparable to Austin Ryder in that regard. We're like, all right, we can bring Blake Bell in this spot. We could bring Austin Ryder back in this spot. And we know that if this dude has to start for us, he's done it before and we won a Super Bowl with those guys. It'll be fine. But we'll also look to upgrade on that in the draft. Because you could that way you could take a tight end in the fourth round or whatever. And it's it's worth the shot. And if it doesn't land, then you have Blake Bell for another year and he'll be competent in that role, just like Austin Ryder. So I, I think those all of those guys are kind of in a similar basket for me. I think yeah. the fullback thing is also interesting. They didn't use Sherman as a fullback that much last year. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think I do think there's gonna be um a little bit of some, a little bit of smoke there. Interesting. I don't know if you guys want to do breaking news, but Matt Verderam said it remains a repo- remains a possibility. The Chiefs re-signed cornerback Bashad Breland and safety Dan Sorensen, but nothing is imminent in either regard. I'd love to see Breland come back. I'm stunned that Dan Sorensen's not on a lifetime deal. Yeah. I'm saying he didn't get the Taysom Hill deal. Honestly, I would love to have Dan Sorensen back personally. And I, Breland too. I mean, Breland's a solid starting corner. I'd love, us. I'd love to have Breland back. Breland is a guy that in that locker room with you have so much youth at corner. You yeah. have Snead, you have Fenton, you have Ward, you have Baker. All those dudes are sub three years of any kind of experience in the league, whether it's starting backup, whatever. Some of them, none experience in the league yeah exactly like he is a piece in that locker in that portion of your room especially if they're still doing the pandemic thing where these guys are all isolated in their position groups there's no vet in there Mm -hmm. then what so and he's not obviously his market's not insane also the other rest of that corner market back market is wide open there are corners everywhere available in free agency so 
don't rule out them going a different direction. But Breland coming back as an idea, I am very much in support of because of all the things you said. He knows Spags' defense. They know what they have. He was very good for them a la- last year yep. on a very good deal. So that's a one thing with the Breland thing that's huge for me uh, on, on him coming back is that he's basically the vet in that locker room. There's really not another guy in that spot. Now, I know Honey Badger's back there and safeties and corners and the secondary all kind of work together, and I get all that. And I want to ask you about that in a minute. I'm sure that's coming up here. But Breland being in there makes a huge difference as far as knowing the corner position as a veteran. Because Matthew is a safety, as good as he is in the slot and does all the other things. His main go- main thing he's done in the NFL is a safety. I know he's played other spots, but still. Yeah, you want him to be playing safety is, is really the thing. So to have it's it. also a thin corner room with uh, outside of the guys that you've already mentioned. Yeah, exactly. So it's you know, there's, and there's a couple better options like we like we kind of said uh, in free agency, but you know, none of them are going to come in and have that locker room chemistry already, have the playbook knowledge ready. You know, so I think it's I think it'd be a great signing. Uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on here, a uh, little bit of running back news. I guess there was two pieces of running back news. Uh, Daryl Williams resigned, and then subsequently Damian Williams was released. Now, we talked about it on this podcast that, you know, the Damian Williams release was very eminent. Like, it it was it was pretty obvious from, you know, an outsider's point of view that although the Chiefs loved Damian and, you know, the fans loved Damian, I loved Damian. You know, he was a he was a great, great player for us in 2019. But just with the two million dollar cap that he had and with drafting a running back in the first round, it was probably going to be his last year with us anyways, most likely uh, before he opted out. So it was kind of expected, but Josh, what do you think about, about both the, about what the running back room is looking like right now, I guess. It's so it's interesting. Um, obviously anyone who's ever heard me talk about anything <laughs> knows that I don't think you should draft a running back in the first round. Like I, like that, I, I hated that at the time. It's nothing, personal with Clyde I think his fit in the offense makes sense it's just a value proposition that I'll take the other side of literally every time I think um I I would just rather take more valuable positions partially because if they hadn't drafted Clyde Edwards Elaire and they were getting Damian Williams back this year on his two-ish million dollar cap hit um you would not be worried about the running back position you would say oh yeah okay we got Damian and Daryl and Darwin Thompson and they probably draft somebody in the sixth or whatever yeah to compete for that last spot totally comfortable with that now Clyde's at the top there I mean, he's going to be, he's the most talented back of that group. That's for sure. But the, the spread in talent, I think is questionable to, to the point that um, think about it this way. The chiefs brought Le'Veon Bell in on a deal that honestly ended up being cheaper than I think most people thought he was going to be at. I, I have his spot track open right now. I think it was a million dollar deal that was scaled down to the number of games they actually played, but let's you know, Le'Veon Bell who came in and did a whole lot of nothing in this offense. He couldn't even get the third down snaps from Daryl Williams, who they really like in pass protection, obviously. Um, I think that if you're going to say for $2 million, you could have had a running back who knows the offense, who you trust in pass protection, you trust as a pass catcher, you trust in route running. Those are a bunch of things they did not do with Clyde last year. Clyde was not out there in pass pro. He was not out there on most third downs. He was not that involved in the pass catching game, which I was very surprised by, even as somebody who was pretty annoyed by that pick. So, I I didn't think it was a foregone conclusion that Williams was going to be gone, uh, Damian. That is, and I also I, I've liked Daryl for I, literally I've liked Daryl since he was an undrafted free agent. It's one of those things that I like to bring up every once in a while to remind people that I am occasionally right about things from like long distance. I, I liked him as UDFA signing. I've liked him every step of the way since. He's also limited. Like 
Yeah. If if Damian Williams is standing at the, the goal line whenever Patrick Mahomes dives at a, at a completely horizontal angle and hits him in the face with the football, Damian Williams probably scores a touchdown there. And Daryl Williams had to bounce off of his face mask. Like th- There are limitations there. I, I think Daryl's still going to do a lot of pass pro stuff. Uh, with Clyde obviously being the the bell cow, uh, if as, as much as a Chiefs offense will ever have a bell cow running back, but I wouldn't have been mad about Damian Williams coming back because it seems like he's the exact type of guy that this offense really likes to have in, in their their toolbox. But they drafted Clyde, which they also I have to think believe can do all of those things and do those things all better. If you give me a time machine, I wouldn't have drafted Clyde. Um, you would have had to figure out something else last year, I suppose, to, to add another body to the backfield. Maybe Bell gets more involved. But if, if I could undo, if I could get a first-round pick back, if I could trade Clyde for a first-round pick right now, I would have done that and and kept Damian. I would have kept both Williamses and, and Darwin Thompson and then added another UDFA after the draft. And I would have felt perfectly okay with the running back position. Um, but ultimately, it, it, Williams has also had trouble staying healthy. So I, I understand why they did it. For me, it's just it, it ends up being a little bit of a continuing frustration with how they valued that position over these last couple of years. So yeah. to your point on that, the Clyde contract for this season and his cap hit is two and a half million dollars, mm-hmm. and Damian's cap hit would have been two and a half million dollars. Yeah. Now they could cut Damian and save two million, which they did. Mm-hmm. And you're, I, I think you're basically dead on with they. They spent Damian's money on Clyde because. They anticipated, as Garrett somewhat said, Damian being his last year was last year before mm-hmm. all the opt-out stuff. So right. some of the plans that they had, just like with the tackle position, Niang was supposed to be there as a tackle as the, hey, if we need it, if one of these guys goes somewhere, yep. he's there. Well, yep. that didn't happen. So now I, you've you've progressed forward that year, and these guys coming back, this is what we talked about during the last year when they were coming up with these opt-out rules, is are these guys going to come back to no jobs if they opt out? And in yeah. some instances, not all of them, but in some instances, I think the Raiders cut every single player that opted out for them. Oh, interesting. I hadn't seen that. I, I believe I, that, it was, they, they've cut was, nearly every everyone, single player, so. period. Yeah. yeah just like, <laughs> there's that, too. So then but they no, got somebody and then brought him back and then traded him. Marcus so that Cannon might have gotten even worse. He didn't even get released. He got traded to the Texans as soon as he came uh, back from opt-out. Fate worse than death. Yeah, that's the, the worst Texans, thing to be released, I think. Uh, NFL Update put out a tweet where there were literally not enough characters to be able to list all of the acquisitions the Texans have made inside the 260-character yeah. Twitter limit, so he had to take a picture. to one-year deals at $2 million cap like at least 20 of them like I, <laughs> it's insane when we looked at it last last time they had the biggest signing they had was six million dollars for one year for yeah. one guy it's like and the rest of there was like 11 guys signed depth. so you know i mean they're just gonna tank like they and they should they, they at this point do just tank and then figure it out when you have a bunch of draft picks but yeah. the the they, they don't sign. have that many draft picks so that's yeah. kind of the, the problem. problem is the dolphins own all of their draft right picks. that's right <laughs> Yeah, they need, to, they need to copy the Dolphins model. The problem is they just were the anti-Dolphins. They're the reason yeah. that the Dolphins have all those picks. So, yeah, it's a yeah. heck of yeah. a strategy. Think, and they gave the universal signal. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, so you know they're tanking because right. that's what they, <laughs> that's how you know a team is tanking, incoming um, Teddy. And, I, and we don't – yeah, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Her, they, I'm sorry, that's not even Tyrod right. Tyrod. They got Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. They that's also, what yeah, I meant. They also I didn't mean Bridgewater. For, uh, I meant Ryan Tyrod. Finley. They trade yeah, for they, him. They've, yeah, they and listen. If uh, if the Tyrod effect works, then they'll draft somebody in the first round who will be excellent after Tyrod has some sort of injury yeah. uh, imparted upon him by his own team doctor. I was gonna say the, the medical staff tries to stab him again. Yeah, 
Glad I'm uh, listen. I'm glad for if anyone is happy to be out of his previous situation in favor of the Texans, it might be Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, well, fair. that's fair. At least that's, he's not getting stabbed in Houston. That is <laughs> that is true. Um, so I think to the point of the the other thing I just wanted to quickly mention on the running back room was I think the reason you saw Daryl come back and Damian go with the Williamses. I know there's like 47 of them on the Chiefs roster, so we have to. And also, that's D A R R E L, not Y L. Correct. Who is the other side of the football? If I'm yes. not mistaken. No, he's um, a line. He's I'm a sorry, lineman. He's There's that Damian, side of the football. Yeah. Damian Wilson probably yeah. won't Damian be Wilson. back. Yeah, yeah it's he's a, a tackle. He's a he's a tackle, not a defensive tackle. He's an offensive tackle. The other correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think part of that is because of Clyde's relationship with him at LSU when da- when Daryl was a senior or was an upperclassman when Clyde came into LSU. So there's a relationship there. Plus, they have a complementary skill set for the way they yeah. used him last year. Now, do I pray on everything that is holy that Andy Reid uses Clyde for all the crap he told us he was going to use him for last season? Yes, because that's what sure. we watched on film when we were all happy about the pick. Well, not all of us. Not Josh all of us were happy about Josh the pick. Was, Josh wasn't so happy about the pick. He listen, still hasn't listen, quite. Listen, listen. Uh, how, many, how many Super Bowls did the Chiefs win before they drafted a running back in the first my, round? How many yes. have they won since then? Scoreboard. Uh-huh. Are you sure that's the main reason? <laughs> So I, I do have to ask this on that same vein then. How many Taser bets did you lose before they won a Super Bowl? And how many Taser bets did you lose after they won a Super Bowl? Um, I just lost the one after. So maybe that's my fault. Yeah. Dang. Dang. I, I, here's the thing, though, Kyle. I put a Taser bet on the Super Bowl if memory I know. serves. And uh, you came did. out clean. Came so. did. And then you doubled down on the draft pick and it bit. Yeah. It, well, it hasn't bit you yet, but it's going to bite you if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Me. It's the one silver lining of the pandemic is that it's kept Seth from coming down to Kansas City for a full year. Is the I still have to ask, is the offer on the table for Clyde to do it if Clyde so chooses to oh, be yeah, the one absolutely. that does it? Yeah, absolutely. I've never spoken to will... him. I, with the way that locker rooms and everything ended up, I, I've not I've not yet talked to Clyde still. That'd be a hell of a... Hi, Clyde. I really didn't think the Chiefs were going to draft you. Do you want to <laughs> yeah. tase me because of it? What? No. <laughs> like, imagine how weird that would be if he died. I, here's one thing. So, this is very self-involved. But I've thought about this sometimes. Cause I have, I, you know, I have just enough like platforms and just enough of like a Twitter following and stuff to, I, I know that sometimes my stuff like gets out into the real world. Right. Right. I really do genuinely wonder if Clyde knows about the taser bet. And also if he thinks that it's personal, cause it's really not, he seems like a lovely dude. Yeah. And I wonder if Anthony Sherman knows about the butt picture. Cause <laughs> That's because that became that's a meme that has like gotten all throughout Chiefs Twitter. Yeah, I, I'm sure there are people who don't know who I am who do know <sighs> that whole sort of instance there. Um, <laughs> and like, I wish I wish more than anything that Anthony Sherman would have just invited me to stand in the background during his retirement video just with my phone <laughs> out behind him. I would have done it in a heartbeat. Didn't even mention it. The yeah, Easter okay, no eggs. Mistake. The Easter eggs that you guys are getting here is is good yeah. stuff for you. If you're yeah. not sure what we're talking about, <laughs> you you can find it. I I a hundred percent promise. Yeah, I took a it. picture of Anthony Sherman's butt and then ended up in the paper. It wasn't it, the way that I just explained it is one of the worst ways yeah. I've ever explained it. Good but it was also concise, so yeah. it enough. almost sounded like you had like a picture of him, uh, like a tattoo almost in the butt picture when you described I, it the I'll first tell you time, what, but... at this point, I, I've, I'm like really itching for new tattoo ideas. I might get a I might get a, a tattoo of Anthony Sherman on my butt just so it's like, so it's that, full circle. So we're even at fitting. that point. Yeah, that would make you guys. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's probably, I think it just makes it weirder. Yeah. Okay. It, it could. 
Yeah. Uh, a little bit more Chiefs talk here. How about to wrap? If you, if you insist. <laughs> yeah. We're Welcome to today's edition of Almost Entirely Sports, Almost where you entirely have a seven-day break from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. Listen, it, I wouldn't be. I it wouldn't really be me guesting on somebody else's podcast if I didn't make it all about no, myself for a few minutes in the middle. Fine. We don't take ourselves. Like, hey, Josh, could you come on and talk to us? Tell us some things about the Chiefs that we might not know. Yeah, sure. Can yeah, I get maybe. five minutes in the middle to talk about how I became a meme by accident? Yeah, sure. It's like an incredible that. meme in your defense. It is. It is an incredible it is meme. meme. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And right now, we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping with the code SAYITAGAIN at manscaped.com. Look... Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. And don't use the same trimmer you use for your face and as your balls. That's just nasty. <laughs> the Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. Keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And also, Manscaped threw in two free gifts. And also, Manscaped threw in two free gifts into their perfect package: a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed. And a shed travel bag to store all your grooming goodies. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code say it again at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And once again, guys, I'm just going to say it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code say it again at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code say it again. Unlock your confidence and always use the traditional medical system doesn't allow doctors the necessary time to spend with each patient. And that's not the way it should be. At PartnerMD, you'll have the one-on-one -on -one time you need with your doctor. PartnerMD provides individualized care, medically advanced testing, and 24-7 access to care at a cost that's lower than you might think. Maybe it's time for a new tradition. PartnerMD. It's better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com. Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. The right tools for the job with Manscaped. 
Um, okay, one more point I wanted to hit on here, and Kyle, I don't know if you had anything else to get in, but I want to talk a little bit about wide receivers, um, and specifically about Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll just come out and say it. Uh, Chiefs had a shot at Juju, uh, reported by Rap Sheet and Adam Schefter and all of them. Um, he turned us down to go back to Pittsburgh and, and play with the great Ben Roethlisberger in his uh, 45th, 47th year of age maybe. yes uh, um, I, year year in football yeah I think. he's yeah. yeah so obviously a right decision by juju probably not but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know their wide receiver market has been has been going and there's not many out there that are that are really left um who do you who do you kind of think the chiefs might target or do you think the chiefs even target a wide receiver at this point you think they maybe just look to spend a, a high draft pick on one maybe I T.Y. Hilton's still out there. I'm and Sam and Sammy is still out there and he's tweeting like he's very much gone. I, I think that's over. Um, yeah, the Juju thing was weird. I mean, I understand that if you're going to if your whole goal is to go back into free agency again in a year. Mitch Schwartz was actually making this argument on Twitter, essentially. Yeah, he broke it down. You could right argue that, that trying to be the leading receiver, leading stat getter in an offense that you're familiar with already and not moving for a year before hitting the market again. I think there's a world in which Juju comes to Kansas city. He's the third option. He doesn't really hit his stride until week eight. And all of a sudden his stat line is not that impressive, even though we all see him like work well in a Patrick Mahomes offense. I, I don't agree with it. If I was his agent, I'd say go to Kansas city and also take more money, yeah. uh, but I would say go to Kansas city, make more money, play for Patrick Mahomes. But it's, I, you know, it's fine. Whatever, man, I, I get it well enough. What I do, don't like is everything else you laid out there, which is, yeah, the, the receiver market has pretty well dried up at this point um, where I, I mean, we were, again, we were talking about this on times ours a little bit ago and, and Seth brought up T Y Hilton. I had completely forgotten about T Y Hilton. Um, I've literally lost track of some of these guys that have ended up in different places. There are going to be times next year. Where I'm going, Oh my God, oh yeah, I forgot. He's a Jag. He's a Jag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I'm probably going to see that many Jags games, but no. mm. um. Well, that, actually, but, maybe you will. I guess that's true. They might yeah. have a quarterback that's worth watching. They might watching. have a very watchable quarterback. Good point. Yeah, yeah and a, and a uh, head coach that I'm so excited is in the NFL. <laughs> um, let, you guys want to talk about Urban Meyer for 45 nah, minutes? I mean, <laughs> I'll I will my let schedule. you soapbox that one to death because okay. I don't understand how on planet Earth that dude just leaves turmoil where he's clearly done a whole bunch of really bad, whether he did them or just ignored them or didn't yeah. know about them or whatever bad, your excuse is. Mm-hmm. I don't everywhere he's ever been yeah and he just picks his next job well, listen, paid him several million dollars kyle, after kyle. he was kicked out of ohio state i gotta kyle, get it in, kyle in his defense he did come to the nfl and then rehire his racist strength and conditioning coach so <laughs> right, away, right away which, which was, which was widely known about <laughs> yeah and then and then i think it was 23 hours later he resigned like oh yeah I, you know um some real jeff long uh, less miles, sort of like, oh, we were friends, oh. we were that close. It bonkers. Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, you're right. We may, we, we may, we may watch some Jags games. That's totally fair. But a lot of those receivers have landed in places in a way that has has me genuinely confused because just like they, the the, the Chiefs, you know, let um, Alex Okafor go, and they they had voided out his contract for this year. But like Alex Okafor walks. Not that he's a great number two edge, but but they let him go because they want to upgrade that second edge spot. That was they 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 obviously injuries were an enormous factor for Fisher and Schwartz. Both maybe the only significant factor. Money a little bit. I think those are the biggest factors of both. But they let both of those guys go 
to upgrade at those spots, at least in terms of help. The plan was to let Austin Ryder go to upgrade at center. Those are the reports. And now it sounds like maybe he's coming back again. Uh, with a wide receiver, letting Sammy Watkins go was to upgrade on Sammy Watkins. There aren't many options left at any of those spots in free agency right now. And a draft pick is not inherently an upgrade. That is a, it, the draft is a big crapshoot. If you take a shot on all three of those spots for a second and third round and you get one guy that's, that's stepping in early in the season, you'll take that. You get a role play. Your first three picks, you get a starter, a role player, and a, and a backup. That's not the worst. That's not the worst first three draft picks in the world. Like, so, but I think most people probably think first, first round draft pick is an automatic day one starter. Second round draft pick is a big role player in year one. Third round draft pick just needs a year to develop. And that's just not usually how it works out. So anyway, all of that, that whole sidetrack to say, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about the receiver spot at this point. Cause I, I do think they should and will draft somebody at some point at that position, but it seemed like a foregone conclusion to me that they were going to make an aggressive push for a veteran receiver who would come in and make this offense immediately better. And again, much like with Trent Williams, right? I, I'm kind of lamenting that the Chiefs aren't upgrading on those spots. They pushed all the way for Trent Williams, and apparently they pushed really hard for Juju. They know. They, I'm, not, I'm not telling you guys anything the Chiefs don't know, but the fact that they haven't landed any of those guys as the the, the pool of, of options just gets thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner is, is definitely concerning to me. Yeah. I would just throw out two names to the wide receiver position because, like you said, there's a bunch of them in the veteran group that mm -hmm. people forget about. I don't love the TY thing mostly because I feel like it's basically Sammy all over again from a health perspective over yeah. the last couple of years, and it scares the hell out of me. I said that literally two hours ago. He played, I think, 15 games last year. He wasn't yeah. super productive, but but I, I have the exact same knee jerk on that. I think it might be a little unfair to, to Hilton, but I, I went my head went to the exact same place on him. Yeah, Ty's production last year I think more has to do with the fact that Philip couldn't throw the ball seven yards downfield, and Ty yeah. Hilton runs routes routes farther downfield than that. Yeah, that part. Yeah. But the years before that, Ty had I know was out with injuries, and we have a friend over on our network here that they cover the Colts, and he's been very vocal about not wanting Ty back with the Colts for very similar reasons that people don't mm. want Sammy Watkins back with the Chiefs. Yeah. So I don't love it. Josh Reynolds is a name that I've heard and I don't I don't mind. He was really good in L.A. as a secondary piece with and he's been that before with Cooper Cup and he knows how to work with other big time receivers and, and, and other targets in an offense that does stuff like that. Uh, another offensive guru, if you will, in Sean McVay. So um, similar things there to keep in mind. That's just one of the names that I, I could I could jump off with. The other name I really wanted who we lost, who actually went to Jacksonville, ironically enough, is Marvin Jones. Yeah. Um, my Marvin Jones made a lot of sense. That one sucks, but I, like I said, Josh Reynolds is a name I would watch in and possibly be an add-on in free agency. I I don't know. I do think they draft one, and I do think they probably draft one higher than they were going to now, based on the fact that they haven't landed one of those more veteran wide receivers. Yeah. Um. But it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. I, the Reynolds, like Reynolds, is a totally reasonable name for you to mention, and also this. I, I'm. You'll understand my hesitance on this sentence. But would you take Josh Reynolds over a healthy Sammy Watkins? Because I wouldn't. Now, no, healthy no. Sammy Watkins is a mythical creature. Like yeah. that, there's right. no evidence that that exists, which is, you know, which is a real shame because a healthy Sammy Watkins has has been really good in this offense. But uh, again, I think that that ends up being that conversation of, hey, are you upgrading or just trying not to downgrade by too much? And, and right. that that dichotomy is is not my favorite.
yeah, yeah that's definitely so, fair uh especially just because you know with all the with all the positions that have been filled like all the all the deals that have been signed like there's been some decent deals out there so you know you would have expected the chiefs to to jump in and then you know now that there's kind of bottom of the barrel it's almost like you know exactly like you said like do you are you just looking to not downgrade as much or do you want to actually improve the position so yeah it's an yeah. interesting one Connor put out a, your guy over at uh, Arrowhead Report. Connor Christofferson put out a tweet with a bunch of the value deals that he liked that went other places that he thought the Chiefs might have been, might have been able to get. And I would say to that, yes, I understand that those looks at those value value picks, and I know that some of those guys obviously could have factored in here, and you could have pieced that together. But when you're out and you're still in on your big fish free agents and you're looking mm-hmm. at using a majority of your cap space in those areas, you can't go out and have those conversations with those. I mean, you can. You can be like, hey, we're going to talk to you possibly right if they're not going to sit around and wait just in case yeah. like that's not how this works this is I so it's it, yeah. it's tough with that front what i wanted to ask you about because i know we're we're getting close to the end of our outline and our time with you here because i know we're running short a little bit of short on time don't want to go too long but tyron matthew we just saw the deal for justin simmons mm. in denver you we now have a market for that essentially what we are we're all still expecting him to get an extension this offseason i would assume based on you know the fact that they literally love the dude from everything everyone's ever said about the man and i can't imagine why you wouldn't want him around the team long term so what's the hold up or are we just waiting to see how much more money they need in free agency before making that deal i was actually just what i was just typing there was trying to see uh how old justin simmons is and he's 27 tyron matthews 28 so honestly it had not hit me that 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 the justin simmons deal might impact the matthew extension but yeah here's a little inside information as well he's a real peek behind the curtain there is a story in the drafts of arrowhead report right now that's titled chiefs tyron matthew agree to multi-year extension or whatever the headline is because i and that story has been there for like two weeks because mm-hmm. I just think that eventually I'm going to get to hit publish and I'll have to update a couple of numbers and it's all going to be right there and we'll, we'll you know have a good jump on everybody else. Uh, they could they could restructure his base salary in 2021 is 14 and a half million dollars. They could free up a huge chunk of that. I mean, really, 13 million essentially, um, mm-hmm. and, and less if they needed to just restructure less of it. But he's a free agent after this year. So even if they weren't in a cap issue, even if they wanted to keep his cap number the same here this year, um, I would have really assumed, I I still assume that they're going to get a long-term deal done with him. If he's going to push for Justin Simmons money, I could see the Chiefs balking at that a little bit. I also don't know how they go into 2022 without Tyron Matthew. Um or go through even go through this year with him being essentially kind of a lame duck, like him in, in a contract year. It would be really weird to the point that right now, out loud, is the first time I'm actually considering it. And it's a really strange thing to be considering. I think that extension is going to get done. My guess is that in 2022, whenever they can cut Frank Clark and they could free up about $13.5 million, if it's a post-June 1st cut, they could split the dead cap hit over two years and pay him six and 22 and six and 23 in terms of dead cap money. And then and then if you had Matthew's deal, take a jump up in 22, maybe without Clark, or at least in 2023, definitely without Clark. Maybe, maybe at that point, you can kind of stagger things to where his contract, even if it's sort of Justin Simmons-esque, isn't totally overwhelming. But yeah, I, I fully expect him to be a chief until 
I, it, it, for another three years, you know, I would think relatively easily um, into his 30s and, and continue to be like the beating heart of this defense to be incredibly cliche about it. I I don't know what this defense looks like without Tyron Matthew, even even skipping ahead. Of you. I mean, if they if they found a Tyron Matthew replacement that they really liked at the end of the first round, then they could definitely save some money there. But now we're talking about them filling like three major roster holes and trying to plan for the future all in the draft, which is also still a coin flip. I think extending, I, th- I think it's still going to happen, but I think it's a little strange that we haven't heard anything about it yet. I think it's a little strange that, um, that, that they let the Justin Simmons deal get done first. Maybe Tyron's people wanted to wait until that deal got done. I don't know. The other thing is I don't know why they wouldn't just uh, try to free up as much money this year as possible because leftover cap space can roll over to next year. Just just free up what you can now. I don't imagine any of those hits are going to be absolutely unstoppable three or four years down the road. And and if you had a little more money now, maybe you get to give an extra few million dollars to Trent Williams or Juju. And and maybe those would have been bad investments at that price. I don't know. But I, I do expect that extension to happen. I think it's a little weird that it's been so quiet on that front. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer that Tyron's going to get extended. Like you said, I don't, I don't picture this defense or this team for the next maybe five plus years without Tyron Matthew. Like I really think he might retire a Chief just because of. I, the... I, I would, I would think that also. I'm sorry to cut you off, but the one thing that I, I can't help but think about is also defensive backs do age quickly sometimes. Yeah, that you, is you, fair. Once that step is gone, it's tough. Now, counterpoint is that I think Tyron Matthew could play like Dan Sorensen three years from now and be better at it than Dan Sorensen's been at it, you know, um, it, where, where he just, maybe his range, it, it becomes a little bit more limited, but I have no reason to think that that's right around the corner at this point, honestly. Yeah. Especially because of his football IQ. It's just, yes. you know, even a couple years down the line, if his, if he's not as athletic as he is now, he's still going to fall back and, you know, still be a, the, the main signal caller of the defense, the main, like kind of get everyone in place, the main, you know, do his job and and figure out what's going on pre-snap and all that like he's he's not going to lose that edge to him so i would very much so be comfortable with him spending the rest of his career here for sure that's uh that's a subject like that doesn't get talked about when you're talking about guys aging and certain like certain guys yes when they get older because they have certain skill sets like they're an athlete or they're this this is Mm -hmm. their when you hear people talk about tyron they talk about his athletic ability all that sometimes they talk about his instincts and his ball skills and his and his ability to break down a play before it ever happens. And what so when you do those things, you don't have to be the fastest guy on the field if you have a pretty good idea of where the ball's going. If you have an idea of what it's gonna do before it happens, it helps. We watched Tom Brady do that for 20 years now. We've watched Dan Sorensen do it at that position. And he Dan Sorensen's yeah. infuriating because sometimes that dude gets absolutely cooked. He gets cooked sometimes, and then also four plays later, he's where the ball is. That's not mm-hmm. an accident. That's not an accident. And, and for Matthew, he's just got the whole package. That's that's why I think he's worth that money. Yeah. Real quick, I wanted to ask you, well, I'm going to ask you one more serious Chiefs question, and then I have uh, a little bit of a fun question segment here for you because obviously I listened a ton to your almost entirely sports show with Rudy that's and good. Beards. So um, the last Chiefs question is something that I'm so tired of already seeing and people just need to walk away and leave it alone is the Tyreek Hill not restructuring his contract thing. Yeah. Look, y'all. And Josh has been given PSAs, and I'm sure he's going to probably give one here. For me, personally, think about just stopping. I'm not even going to tell you what to do. Just other than stop and think about when he signed that contract Mm -hmm. and what was going on and the numbers involved and what they probably should have been versus what they are. 
Yeah. That's all I'll say on it. What are your thoughts on everybody's reaction to him not restructuring that deal? The one thing about the way this contract got restructured around all of all the things that were happening around him is he got pretty close to the money I think he would have gotten at that point. But the structure of his deal is the thing that ended up being especially different, which is why he's got um, a huge uh, – I've got the spot track up or the over the cap up right now. He's got these huge roster bonuses. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to cut him, which which like that's a structure that I think makes sense where, where, can, or where, where, where Tyreek can say, I'm good here. I'm not going to give you any reason to cut me, and I'll, I'll get those roster bonuses when they hit. It's a smart structure that protects the team and also gives a chance to, to, get, to help the player get paid. The thing that's confusing about the restructuring conversation for Tyreek, and this is something that the aforementioned Connor Christofferson tweeted about, is I'm not sure it made a ton of sense for the Chiefs to even ask him, not because of any sort of like um, like personal thing or any like relationship thing, but I don't know how much money they would have been able to free up from him. I I, I For like... For Patrick Mahomes, again, Connor's got a killer story on Mahomes' contract in this regard. Patrick yes. Mahomes, they can restructure his deal every year for the rest of for the rest of, of linear time. And Mahomes doesn't even need to like sign off on it. He just gets paid a little sooner, but it spreads up the cap hit. Um, I think for Travis Kelsey, who did restructure his deal, um, I, I think, and they didn't restructure all of it, but they can restructure his deal and basically just pays him sooner. I don't know what the structure of Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill's deal would have been. I think for him, it might have looked more like an extension where it's it's le- it is actually less money in 2021 and more guaranteed money later, as opposed to the restructuring of of taking roster bonuses and spreading them out over multiple years, making them prorate, taking base salary, and making it a prorated bonus. So it's a little weird. And listen, players can do what they want. I was I thought it was weird that that ended up coming out. Hill volunteered that information. It seemed in that in that TV segment, which is also kind of odd. Um, nobody from the Chiefs like leaked that, which is yeah. I think noteworthy. It's something that that Tyreek just mentioned. Um, and it's I don't it's not a huge deal. I mean it's fine. Right right now the Chiefs issue isn't cap space. It's not signing the players that they're pursuing. Honestly. Yeah, and I thought I thought for sure if they were going to do anything with Tyreek's deal, as you said, it'd be more of an extension than a straight-up restructure because at this point, the man has shown that, hey, all that stuff, we, we've seen what happened with it. If you want to read about how that all played out, you can go read about it. I'm not going to sit here and rehash it out for you. You want to understand what happened, you will. If you don't, you won't. That's not It's not a secret. We've seen it on Twitter. Um, but he's proven he's a top-five wide receiver in the NFL, and – while yes, that deal gets slightly bigger with those bonuses, the wide receiver payout for top wide receivers isn't going down, kids. Yeah. yeah. The sooner you lock him up for a little bit longer, the better. And I also so he's under contract through 2022. Because his speed is such an enormous part of his play, I don't hate letting him play out. He's not here's the thing, man. He's not gonna have such a 2021 that his value rises at, for him. The market, your point's dead on. But for him, like he's near the peak of what he could possibly ask for. So I don't, I don't think it's that I'm all right with it. It, 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 And again, right now his cap hit for next year is 20.6 million. If they get through this year and he's just healthy and ongoing, he might not have wanted to do the extension this year, by the way, because he's had a couple little injury issues. If he can get through a fully healthy season again, and and maybe he has a huge set of numbers, you let the cap go back up. That I would, I would, I don't, I don't mind from either side. I don't mind the Chiefs trying to figure out what they can do to create money. I don't mind Tyree Kill and his people saying, "Now nah, we're gonna just stay with what we got right now." 
Yeah, and it can very well just be like, uh, hey, you know, we're just going to ask you just because, you know, just to ask you and just to say that we did ask you, but no hard feelings if you don't because, yeah. you know, they already had restructured everyone else and, you know, can make a bunch of other moves and everything like that. So I think it was probably just like a, a, a precautionary, like just see – See where the see where he was feeling on it. So take I'm not take worried, the, worried about it all. Free up the money that you can free up. Sure, I think if they really felt like they needed to free up more money, it would be Matthew first. Yeah, um, and that like we just talked about is still sitting there. So mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Yeah. All right. Fun times. You have you guys have a bracket going, a special bracket, not the yes. March Madness. Now, March Madness is taking place, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. That is still on your TV sets, and there's still a bracket for that. Also over at 18, although you're a little late now because it's already up and running, boys and girls. <laughs> um, there's I'm a Pokemon actually, bracket. I've got the Photoshop file up right here. It is about to – I will probably publish it on Twitter shortly after we – wrap up here so so this bracket is the original pokemon bracket yeah um that they that you guys went through and and i wanted to ask because i listened to the whole thing and we didn't get quite all the way through it on air but i of going through all those were there any surprises i know i heard some of the surprises but were there any surprise like how like we just don't want this pokemon on there and how i've got i've got the bracket so i can tell you we had some bubble teams first of all the one that ended up causing a little bit of trouble in the twitch chat was uh <laughs> was porygon not really being considered mm. um I, if, I think if i was doing a 64 team ranking myself i would have had porygon in my top 64 i feel pretty confident about that but what ultimately happened is that I was whenever I was going to do my actual rankings, Kyle Long signed. So I got busy right before the show. <laughs> and then and then I went with what Rudy and Beards had and I kind of just tried to mediate. Um we we did not have any it, for for Pokémon with three evolutions, the max you could have was two, so Ivysaur, Charmeleon, Wartortle, all great Pokémon. None of them made the cut because the starter form and their final form, those are the ones you spend the most time with. Yeah, starter form is your first fair. one. Final form is the one that's in your party for the rest of the game. You've got War Turtle for 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. So that was tough. Um, there were a couple of bubble teams here that I'm looking at. Uh, Sand Shrew, Poliwag, Drowsy, um, that, that didn't end up making it. We had to let uh, Jolteon go 
some some decent Pokemon like Electabuzz, Magmar mm-hmm. didn't make it because we just eventually ran out of lines. Some of the seeding is definitely questionable. I'm not going to pretend for any reason that it's absolutely infallible. It's not. There are some there are some absolutely questionable choices made here. Um, but did anything strike you? Is is that leading me up to a point where you think that we made we did some terrible pokey crime? Because I would not fight you. No, probably. no, no, no. I there there. I mean, obviously, there's going to be when you're when you're ranking 64 out of 151. There's going to be conversations. A, there's 64 out of 353 in the NCAA tournament, and nobody and everybody right. throws a temper tantrum <laughs> about that. So right. I don't expect it to get any better when you're dealing with Pokemon, especially because people in their Pokemon are usually pretty attached to the ones that they really like and yeah, absolutely like. what yeah. i was going to ask in follow-up to that are you mentioned it with the seating yeah there's got to be upsets in there and i oh, think yeah. i have i have a favorite upset that i think that i heard i heard when we were listening to it that i think there's somebody that's really low that's going to wreak havoc but i'm curious to know which one's like a couple of the ones you see that since you've got the whole bracket in front of you yeah little sneak peek type thing now, obviously, you guys are going to see the bracket before you hear this because we're not that quick. But we'll also see. I might also may not be that quick. Um, <laughs> I am. So the the seating committee has reconvened one more time digitally here. Um, I'm seeing because there was there was a small. I, I sent I sent the bracket to Beards and Rudy, and I think there are a couple. There are a couple places where I think I need to scoot. Uh, we don't want to have evolutions facing off too high. Like I've noticed here, Charizard and Charmander are one, two in the same region. That will change. Um, I do not want to have them facing off necessarily. Um, But in terms of teams that were seeded too low, teams, did I say teams? Teams. In terms of Pokemon that were seeded too low, I've got a lot of, I got a lot of papers around me right now. Um, I, I might be able to make an argument that my favorite Pokemon is Psyduck and he's a five seed. It's a five seed, which I think is way too low. Um, Farfetch is an eight seed, great value. Geodude is a seven, great value. Were you going even lower than that? I'm looking through. The, uh, the one I'm looking for is is a specific one. And, and where did Jigglypuff end up in your rankings? Good question. Jigglypuff's iconic. I think Jigglypuff got a um, a sort of like got got a little boost from from its standing in the in the, yeah, the lore. original. Yeah, uh, four seed Jigglypuff. Okay, fair. It's it's a so, strong four seed. I thought I thought when I heard it originally on the Twitch chat, the jiggly ended up at like a five or a six line, and I was looking at that, going, "That's a gonna wreak havoc in this bracket type of spot for that Pokemon." The because four seeds are really strong here. Eevee, Jigglypuff, oh. Arcanine, Venusaur. Venusaur is our lowest ranked uh, of the of the, of the, the starter evolutions. Um, like Arcanine's the weakest in that mm. class, and that's a that's a tough. That's a tough number there. Jigglypuffs. Tell you what, as things stand right now, if you want to see how far Jigglypuff can go, Jigglypuff four thirteen is Jigglypuff Cabotops. That's a dub for Jigglypuff. Yeah, dub. Jigglypuff potentially Jigglypuff Scyther in the second round. Ooh, I think Jigglypuff a- wins, but Scyther is brutal. That's a tough yeah. matchup. And then after that, if they get that far, one seed time with Mewtwo. It's a toughie. Oh boy, that is that's yeah, gonna that's Mewtwo gonna that one. Mewtwo might yeah. might win the whole. The whole division. We'll do it yeah. on Twitter. I'll, I will tweet all of what I'm going to do. Is I'm going to tweet out the bracket and then people can obviously fill it out as you would want to fill it out. Cause I think that's part of the fun. Yeah. I would love to see some truly just nasty bonkers. Final fours where someone's like, yeah, my final four is a uh, uh, Grimer, Pinsir, Zapdos, Kabutops. Cause I'm a wild person. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's fine. But I will also each round, I think we'll probably do left side. This 
next couple days, right? We're going to get a little behind the tournament, the basketball tournament at the, at the start. So we can continue doing it throughout the week. But I think the first 16 games I'll, I'll probably tweet out Twitter polls on today. And we're going to just let democracy reign for better mm-hmm. or for worse. And let them know again, which handle that's going out under. Cause like we talked about, you got a couple a, uh, at JB Briscoe, any of my socials, pretty much anywhere, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, my only fans is just, you know, whatever.com yeah. slash JB Briscoe. Um, you can Venmo me, you know, at JB Briscoe. You can I pay PayPal. I don't think is that, but the, but the main thing, twitter.com slash JB Briscoe at JB Briscoe, no E B R I S C O end of name. Yep. Fair. Yep. I, I understand that pain as a, Henning likes to get an S added to it all Ooh, the time. Ooh, you get that sneaky plural name. Yeah, yeah I have tough. the opposite. Everyone takes the T off the end of my name, Garrett. They always spell it with one T, and that Ooh. infuriates me. So. Yeah. <laughs> so my last one, and we'll wrap up, and we'll get you out of here. G Fuel. Yes, I, I, I took a sip a moment ago earlier in the show, I think. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Uh, you, you Actually, your sip on it reminded me of going to grab mine earlier because I have mine. God, we're right here also. dude. We're absolute sheep. Yeah, hey, man, I, I, had to get off the, us. I had to get off the energy drinks, and it's such a nice alternative, and it doesn't give me the crazy crashes and stuff. Yes, by the way, they are not paying for this no. advertisement. I wish they were. Although, if they do, I'm okay with it. Again. Yeah, absolutely, um, dude. But we recently, I saw you got... Little Chief's boy, if you're not familiar, that would be uh, Tucker D. Franklin, who yes. those of you who have listened to us are familiar with. You're also familiar with all of Josh's crew for the most part because we've had Jordan, we've had Tucker. Connor's on the list, but he's been a little occupied and a little bit busy, and we've been a little occupied, busy. So he's on the list. We will have him at some point. But the whole you got Chief Tucker on the G Fuel. Uh, yeah. I want to know. I want to know for all those out there. Like, give I you your suggestions. Hooked. Damn, it sounds like I got him hooked on heroin. Yeah. <laughs> um. I so I can go general and I can go so I can't remember what it's called. But there's a blueberry lemonade that's like shiny something. Mm-hmm. That, might, that might be my favorite. I love lemonade in general. Love lemonade flavored things. Also, because since G Fuel is not carbonated, um, stuff that you kind of expect to be carbonated and then isn't is a little gross. You know, just all of a sudden it's like flat. So the lemonades are perfect. Um, the raspberry lemonade one is called Hype Sauce, which at some point really I really start questioning my fandom of this drink. Because I start feeling like I'm, I feel very, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> like I'm 26. I'm 26 and I'm drinking something called hype sauce. Like hype I sauce. should quit. But um, I, I like, I like the, the, both of the lemonade variants. There's a sour lemonade that is coming out that I haven't tried yet. Um, I just got the new BOGO. There's a, uh, a sour green apple. Very exciting. Mm. I, I'm currently right now, I've got the sour phase berry, which also, again, I feel like a, fake adult i guess horrible. Phase up. um but but sour the sour phase berry is very good and then there is god i'm remembering the names of these and i hate saying them out loud there is nemesis tea which mm-hmm. i think is a doom thing i don't know dude it's like a lemony tea it's pretty good and there's a peach tea one that i do not remember the name of mercifully it's got a person's name in it i think the uh the peach tea basically tastes like you got a bottle of Snapple and then slightly electrocuted it. And uh, so it's a little off, but it's still pretty good, especially in the energy drink category. So the lemonades and the tea ones, I'm a big fan of. Uh, and then the sour, basically all the sour ones. I also have been a fan. I haven't really gotten a stinker, I don't think. Um, uh, the sour blue chug rug. I <laughs> hate this. Not not my favorite. I won't get it again. I didn't love fun. it. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. It wasn't sour enough. It wasn't that yeah. sour. 
Now you're out. you're dead on with the lemonades because my favorite actually is the pink lemonade, just the stock standard. I haven't had it. Pink I haven't lemonade. had it yet. Oh, yes. It is literally pink lemonade. It is so good. Go I saw wrong. it on uh, Amazon. It's not currently in stock on the yeah. G Fuel website. That's so actually that's where I got it from because I saw it on Amazon and I couldn't get it from G Fuel. I was like, you know what? I'm ordering from Amazon. Basically <laughs> yeah. the same price. Forget it. So yeah, yeah, I got that yeah. one. Uh, I have the snow cone one right now, which was How's really good. How's the snow cone one? It, it's it literally is a snow cone. It's so <sighs> it's so easy. It's doesn't have that nasty like it doesn't give you that syrupy back end where it will have a snow yeah. cone when you get to the bottom. It's just a smooth, nice top of the snow cone the whole way through. Weird. So it's it's so it's, strange. I know. <laughs> and by the way, don't feel too old because uh, your fellow over here is thirty and has the same stuff you do as far as. I, but I don't, my mouth is the one that had to say the phrase hype sauce. <laughs> That's true. That like is we, true. Here's the thing. We're old enough to have like just enough money to buy a bucket of energy drink or whatever to get mm -hmm. through our lives. But as yeah. soon as we have to say, if we, if I had to, I'll tell you what, if I had to order G Fuel at like a counter, I would <laughs> never have tried it. Because if I had to walk up to another human being and say, um, hello, could I please get, I'm sorry to bother you. Could I keep, please get a bucket of hype sauce, please? I would have never, I would have just gone up to the counter and said, could you slap me in the face and hand me a bottle of water? Because I'm a grown up now. Yeah. You don't want to ask, for, you don't ask for PewDiePie cherry? Because no. by the way, that's a, that's a cherry no. flavor there. The no, PewDiePie cherry flavor. Or the, they have a demonade, a spicy demonade that I have not tried yet that I'm yeah. curious about. But. They're, I'd say they're doing the sour. They're doing, I, think it's, I think they're doing a sour demonade, actually, instead of, mm. in addition to the spicy one. Sour, I'm sure, is great. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay money for a spicy lemonade or for. F Again, hello. Could I please try your PewDiePie flavor? What? <laughs> no. Yeah, give me one no. bag of PewDiePie. Simply, I'm... simply, simply will not do it. We'll get out of here with this. Have you seen that they're at Quick Trip, and that they're in Kansas yes, now? Yes, I tried the Sonic peach rings one uh, okay. after a day at the Big Twelve tournament, and I got another one that I haven't tried yet. It's in the fridge at eight ten, actually. I was gonna ask. Well, it you. was, and then and then I'm sure well, someone has drank yeah. it because I was getting ready to say it's gone. Oh. Is it work, workplace fridge? Yeah, that's gone. Unless you wrote your name on it, like bolted it to the wall. Yeah, and and listen, if you want to go tell Tim Grunhard to stop stealing Rudy's bang, <laughs> you do it. But I'm gonna let Tim take whatever he wants. Yeah, I'm probably not arguing with Timmy on no, that. No, he's I'm a very Timmy. Tim's great, by the way. He's a I'm he's a nice person who would not beat me up, but he could. I know he could. Easy. And so I don't want to, I'm not going to pick, but so could Frank Bull. And he never played in the NFL. He's just, <laughs> could also, crunch time will kick your ass if you, if you, uh, if you're going to kind of come up with like a, um, an 810, like specialty show fight club, yeah. bet on crunch time. Yeah. Fair. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, we hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Garrett, I'm going to let you get us out here. What you got for us to wrap us up with? Yeah, you know, obviously follow our, our very awesome guest, Joshua Briscoe, at JB Briscoe. It was a pleasure having you on, sir. Find him at Almost Entirely Sports over at Sports Radio 810, Arrowhead Report, Times Hours, basically everywhere else. I mean, just search Josh <laughs> Briscoe. You'll find a million different things to dive into. And uh, yeah, you know... As we continue on with free agency here, it'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs do as they approach the draft, because this is a Chiefs show, if, in case anyone forgot, over the past uh, 15, 20 minutes there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that'll about do it for us. Obviously, follow us at Garrett720, at KDen16, and at KingdomSaysPod on Twitter, and we will see you guys next week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.